0: Well, good morning and welcome to Foothills Church. It is so great to see each and every one of you, especially the dads today. Dads, happy Father's Day. I know you've clapped once, but we can definitely clap again. Come on, the dads are, I mean, I'm a dad, so it's pretty amazing, right? So uh, happy Father's Day. Just glad you guys have joined us today that you are with us today instead of Maybe watching the, the golf tournament. If you're watching online, glad that you're with us right now, and so uh, thrilled that you guys decided to join us today. I, I, I'm I'm a dad. I I, uh, I this day is just kind of fun for me. I get to I usually tell my kids on Father's Day. I'm like, you know, at fo- my my kids are both kind of out of the out of the house right now. But when they were younger, I would just be like, you know what, best gift you can give dad, just leave me alone. I mean, I love them and all, I mean, but you know, just for a couple hours, just let me just, I get home from church, we're gonna have lunch, we're gonna have a little space, a little time, a little time, but uh, so, uh, but dads, I hope you have a great day with your families today, and, and as, as I was walking up today, my wife and I pulled in this morning, uh, we park um, staff and volunteers in the back, um, didn't introduce myself earlier, my name is Heath, I'm on staff here is one of the pastors, and so when we show up in the morning, we're in a back parking lot, we're walking up, I'm walking up to the building, and it, and it just kind of dawned on me that this is a really a special place. This is, I mean, just the simple fact that we get to experience this on a Sunday morning, uh, it it goes without saying it's it's truly remarkable. I mean, it's such a blessing and it's such a, a privilege that we really do have I mean, the fact that we get to experience this, coming into a building such as this, drop our children off, walk in, be greeted, get coffee, walk in, experience worship together, hear the word of God being spoken and preached about, and, and, and you hear it and you walk out encouraged and saying, yes, we, we, we read it and we say, God, you've, you, you've equipped me, you've changed me, let's go and, and change our world. The fact that we as a church can do this, it, it's, truly, it's truly amazing um, because there are parts of our world and, and that don't get to experience this on a regular basis. In fact, there are many parts of our world when you kind of look into it that they have to do this in secret. They have to read this in secret. They have to, you know, God's word, they open it up. They can't do it in public. I mean, we can in public. I mean, you, might feel, and, I, you and I might feel like we're really threatened and, and in some ways right now, but I promise you, based on what's going on in the world and even throughout history, it, it, the challenges are not quite the same. In fact, the challenges throughout history as we look at. it, and, I mean, some things as far as the church has, what has happened in the church, I mean, it's, it's some things we're not super proud of in our history. Uh, some things we're incredibly excited about and we're like going, oh, that was an incredible moment. I mean, that's just part of us and as the church for 2000 years as followers of Jesus saying, we've we decided, we've given our life to this man and we follow him and a community has grown and developed over time. And here we are in Maryville, Tennessee and watching online through all throughout that we're able to experience this. Um, it's truly phenomenal. Um, the, the, the early church, the first century church as, this, as, the, as the church began, as followers of Jesus, came seemingly out of out of nowhere to, to a community in the region um, and, and, and all churches began to, to pop up and there was a community that followed this man named Jesus in, in, a, in a time in, in a region in, in an area of the world where multiple gods. Were, um, were worshiped, right? I mean, when you, if you study history and you look back I and mean, everything from the, from the gods of mythology that when you study about Zeus and Apollo and, and, you know, and, and you read about Poseidon and you read about Athena and you read about all these gods and like that was history. And if you're like me and you had to take a test on that history, I didn't do so well back in school. But, but those, we read about them as part of history and as part of mythology and this belief that they had over a time. But during this, this time, they were worshiped. And, and, and an area, and even beyond that, that, that in in a region, an area where it was polytheism, which means multiple gods. So it was this whole belief and this whole this whole understanding of religion goes of of there's God and there's the there are the gods and there's man and then there's us there's mankind there are the gods there's the major spiritual and then there's the physical we live in this with physical and there's the space between. We, we can't achieve that and they have no desire to be like us. And, and, and as the church began, I mean, it, it's in fact, the, the God of the Israelites was one God that they worshiped and he was the God of Israel. That was so foreign, so unique, so different than any belief system in that area, in that region and in the world. And this belief system said there is one God and, 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 and the Israelites said, and that one God has a plan for us and a Messiah will come. And, and they had a prophecy that they believed that if there would be a Messiah, a savior who would come. And then Christianity was born. And it was a movement like the world has never seen before. Such a movement that we are sitting in a room today, watching online, scattered throughout the globe, where lives are changed because of the message that came out of this movement. A movement that was a man who was God, sent to earth, the son of God, came born of a virgin, lived as a carpenter, had a ragtag band of disciples who followed who were fishermen and tax collectors and zealots. He hung out with sinners and, 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 and had conversations <clears throat> with the undesirables of life. Had the religious people that looked at him and said, what are you doing? And he said, well, this is actually the true message of my father. And he lived a life uh, that was absolutely perfect Yes, he was absolutely a man who who was God in the flesh who nobody could fully comprehend and he was tempted in every way just as we are, but yet he was was God in the flesh who at the end of his life gave his life for us and that sacrifice and the fact that three days later that he was raised from the dead has given us the opportunity to have that life now with God. I mean, that message changed lives. (coughs) a community that started of followers of him. And it was a religion that was a relationship that began to change changed the region, change the area, change the world. And so over the last few weeks, we've been hearing from John. In fact, we're gonna be in 1 John chapter four today. If you, your, if you have your Bibles, wanna open up to that, wanna get to that, actually, you can actually open up our app. You can take your own notes on that as well. So John is writing to the church. In fact, the early church, man, the struggles that they had were were so much. Not only did they have the struggles around um, uh, going against all the different belief systems that were in the area, that they were condemned, that they were looked upon, and they didn't have this book that we actually have, God's word that has been given to us, that they were receiving letters from the apostles and and they were beginning to, to, to figure this thing out as they were moving forward as the church. And John who was an eyewitness of Jesus and speaks of this in the very beginning. He has witnessed, he has seen, he's know, he knows, he knows exactly what this message is all about. He is very concerned. In fact, I, I love last week um, what, what Pastor Greg mentions and he mentions this right here, in the, that, that this, this key bottom line right here is that loved people love people. I mean, loved people, loved people, people that are loved by God and you've you've accepted it, you know it, you've understood it, you've understood the greatest act of love that can be given to each and every one of us is, is through Jesus giving his life for us that when we understand and we appreciate and we experience that love, man, we can't help but love people, right? I mean, because when we've experienced that love, it's just, it's just natural. It's not always easy. No. Do we always do it well? No. We can definitely do much better. But man, love people, when you, when you rest in that, man, we can't help but love people. And it seems like that's the message that he was giving to the early church, this, this church that was coming out that he's saying, the churches that are all around, he's saying that we need to, our posture needs to be that of love because God has loved us. His love for the world is he wants us to have this, this attitude, what we know for. We love one another, we give to one another, we serve one another, we serve our world. We give to others because of what he's done for us. But that was only true because of the message. The message that was given, which is the gospel. Gospel just means good news, the good news of Jesus, and the good news that he knew was so true that would change lives, that revolutionized uh, the, the world and people and communities. And this, this group of, of loving others was so foreign because everything else said, no, don't love others. In fact, consume yourself because you gotta figure out this whole thing with the gods. And he's saying, no, it's all about loving others because when we love others, now we begin to exemplify and to share the love of God. But he had a warning. Because what began to happen was the message that was taking place there with the people, with the church, there were voices outside that were skewing the truth of the message. That people were beginning to be drawn to that because it began to fit in with the rest of what they were hearing about the gods and us. That was, There is spiritual and there is physical. And he comes out, First John chapter four, right here, very, very beginning. He comes out and says, beloved. Now stay there for just a minute. I love the fact that he comes right out of the gate in this part and he says this, beloved, you are loved. Don't forget this. Because you're loved, because, you're, because he wants you to share this love with others, I don't want you to miss this message because if you miss this message, they will not understand the full understanding of what this love is all about. You are Beloved. And even also almost as a spiritual father to them to say, beloved, that, that not only do you matter to him, are you loved by him, but I love you dearly. And this, that's why I have to share this with you because I don't want you to miss this. You've had somebody, a parent come to you or a teacher and share something challenging with you and even hard to hear sometimes and you're going, I needed to hear that personally, even though it's something that I I didn't fully understand but I needed to hear it. Then he begins to address something with him because he says, hey, I don't want you to miss this. And if some of you are guilty of this, please, please, please understand the significance of it. So beloved, do not believe every spirit. Oh, I'm sorry, go back. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. See, what he's saying right here is it's a warning. It's saying the message that we've given to you, the message of Christ, the message of a new life that can come through Jesus, of, of not a life that you can achieve on your own, this life that is freely given from him. Full life here and abundant now and for all of eternity. The fact that we get to experience that he says, I I, I don't, this message is too important. And he's saying there's spirits that are out there. There, there, there There's spirits, yes, there's spiritual warfare. There's spirits that take place in our in our world that that begin to, to, to share and to say, hey, you can make it on your own. You don't need him. Trust yourself. Yeah, that's that's a part of spiritual warfare that's taking place. And he's saying, Test the spirits because there are false prophets, there are false teachers, there's false, there's false understanding about this God, the true gospel of what it is because he understood the message of the gospel. Jesus, 100% God, 100% man. How? I have no idea, but he knows and it's true. And he says he came and lived a perfect sinless life was willing to be the perfect sacrifice for each and every one of us and he gave that sacrifice and he died and was raised from the dead and now you trust him and you can have that eternally abundant life with him. That's the message, that's the gospel and he says, we can't mess that up. We don't wanna mess that up because there's a group in Maryville, Tennessee in 2021 who need to hear this and he needed to make sure we don't miss this because they're beloved children of God. Now I'm gonna pause for just a minute give you just a tad bit of a history lesson because one of the most important things and significant things for us and as we open up God's word and as we read the scripture, as we read certain certain times and we read certain certain letters that are given, as we read um, certain types of literature that's in the Old Testament and the New Testament, it's important to understand that there are many times that we read, yes, this, this is for us 100% today, inerrant, infallible word of God. We believe it, but there are certain things that we read that are within a certain context and it's so important to understand understand the context and what's taking place around this okay and one of the one of the the significant groups that was happening when he says false prophets, who's he speaking of and what does testing of a spirit really look like well during that time there were the gnostics or if you like me you read gnostics pretty sure the g is silent so i'm going with a silent g on that gnostics this I they believe this the spirit is good and matter is evil and the Gnostics during that time elevated themselves as this very intellectual, you know, they, they, they achieved through their intellect, through their knowledge, this great status, this standing of understanding of who they were, and they personally were elevated because of themselves. And they were elevated to this righteousness of understanding that there is spiritual and there is physical. Spiritual is good, physical matter is evil. Therefore, they believed Jesus couldn't be human. I mean, John, the apostles were telling them, Jesus lived this earth, he walked as you and I. And they're like, no, 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 no. There's no way. Because of their belief in Gnosticism, their belief in understanding. And so John is is basically saying, what he's writing to saying, okay, okay. This isn't just a little bit of a, we don't see eye to eye on a few things. This is a big deal. This is a really big deal because if you miss out on this, you really begin to miss out on Christ and really <clears throat> who he is and what he has done. So, so how would, he, would they test? I mean, he says, test the spirits. I mean, that's so, some odd kind of a, a, a command there, right? You know, test the spirits. So he actually gives them a little framework for this. And this is what he says right here. By this, you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. He addresses the situation right there on the spot. Right there in that moment, he says, by this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the antichrist. Antichrist, just so you know, if you ever read in the scripture and you read in the the revelation, you read about the antichrist, the one who will come, the person. This is speaking of the antichrist, the message of, which actually is prevalent then and actually today, which means Anti-Jesus against Christ. Well so message that goes against Christ is Anti-Christ, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. You see what what, what he's saying right here is this is that Jesus has come in the flesh. The, the, the truth is that, that Jesus has come as a man, lived perfect, sinless life, that he is man, he is God, that, that, that he lived in that way. We cannot miss that part of the gospel. That is so significant. And this group that has come out and is sharing that, this group that has come out and is sharing something completely different from that, um, it has really begun to, to thwart and to, and to really miss that message. And it's a message that we, that we absolutely have to hold on to. In fact, there's another there's another uh, terminology we want I want you to understand here. is It's called docetism, okay? And, and what docetism is, it says this is that Jesus only seemed human, but was actually a spirit. So this comes out of Gnosticism. This is, I mean, you're the one. There's a lot of isms, right? And so um, Gnosticism, Docetism. but this is important because during that time, this was prevalent. This was rampant. And so what he's saying is this, is, is that Jesus only seemed human, but was actually a spirit. That's what they believed. That was the spirit. That was one of the doctrines and understandings of Gnosticism. So Jesus was not real. Jesus was not physical. Jesus was not sitting next to you. Jesus would not actually touch you and heal you. That Jesus was just a spirit. Jesus did not die on the cross because he couldn't die on the cross because only a physical body could die on the cross. And, and actually... You know what, the, the scripture that says that, there, that, that only through the, the shedding of blood is there remission of sins, well, that, that couldn't have happened because there was, couldn't be no shedding of blood because he wasn't real. So are you seeing an understanding why this was such a significant part of understanding? This wasn't just like a, hey, they take communion every week and you know what, we don't, so therefore who's the false prophet here? No, 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 no. This was not a minor issue. This was a major issue in understanding the truth of what it means to know Jesus and, and he did not want them to miss it for their, the church and for them personally, but also for the message because it was so important. When we remove the humanity of Jesus, we cannot embrace and believe in the complete work of Jesus. See, when, when, we, when we remove him, and, and I, honestly, it is very easy for us to, to hold to, to Jesus God third person of the Trinity, the son. But oftentimes I know even for us personally, I know for me personally, I, I, I forget that, that his humanity and he, he was a human and he, he was tempted in every way, just as we are, but without sin, that, that he lived a perfect sinless, you know, sinless life that he, that he sweated, that he. Blood, and he shed his blood for you and for me and that's why we can have life today and because of his humanity and the fact, he walked with and he touched people and he healed people and, and all that that he had conversations with people and it was a real person having that conversation he smiled at people and he welcomed them and he looked at them and said you know what my heavenly father loves you and i have a plan and i want you to understand that so when as he's sharing all that that is a human that is a man sharing that and we cannot miss that john piper says it this way Many are willing to believe in Christ if he remains a mere spiritual reality. But when we preach that Christ has become a particular man in a particular place, issuing particular commands, and dying on a particular cross, exposing the particular sins of our particular lives, then the preaching ceases to be acceptable for many. See, there's so many that that we we miss that. We 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 don't want that. That's the humanity side of it or even the complete side of who he is, that he is God, that he is man. What, what? I, I, don't, I don't fully understand that and comprehend that. He never said that we should fully understand and comprehend it. I promise you this, that as we read his scripture and we begin, there's so many things in our lives that, that we can't understand and comprehend. The, the message of the gospel, I cannot fully understand it and comprehend it, but I, I've never meant to. I'm just meant to trust it and believe it and to live my life in such a way that says, I, I, just, I just trust in you. And I give my life to you. And that's what he's saying is so significant and important. So the reason why John is, is camping out on this for a moment, because I, you know if you think about last week, and honestly, give me a little teaser for next week, be here because we are gonna continue talking about the fact of God and who he is. And God, we begin with God is love and how he wants us to live in that way. But right here, he pauses for just a moment to say, hey, 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 if you really wanna live in such a way of understanding what love is, you can't miss this. If love people love people you can't miss this because the ultimate act of love was a sacrifice that was given for us so don't miss this don't miss this John continues Little children we'll Stop for just a minute Father's Day today Um my my dad passed away several years ago and and I um I miss him I wish today I could give him a hug, give him a phone call, text him. He never understood texting anyway, but I wish I could have that moment with him because he wasn't a perfect dad, but I know he loved me, right? Um, I know some of you guys have dads that you just elevate and say, dad is the, whoa, unbelievable, amazing man, godly man who has been there for me. Some of you have horrible memories of your father. Some of you say, "I, I left, I'm not there anymore, and I, um, I'm glad because he was not a good man. Some of you in this room that you never even met your dad. I, I, don't, I don't know your story. All I know is this, is that our stories of, of our, how we perceive our father pale in comparison to our heavenly father. And when he says little children, there is a reminder right there to say, you are a child of God, don't miss this. Through all of this, because this is so important because you're his child, you're adopted into the family. Those who are following Jesus who say, yes, that is that that now we are adopted and we're in the family. And your heavenly father is the perfection of what your earthly father cannot or ever will be. Don't miss that. It's easy to brush over this little passage right here. Little children. I just call them little kids. It's like a little pat on the head. Hey, little kids, move on. No, he's reminding them. We are so insignificant in comparison to him. He's reminding us of, of his Godhead and who he is. But he's saying that you are his child and he continues on. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. He who is in you the spirit of God lives with the of each and every one of us that have trusted Christ. When we trust him, a spirit dwells within each, within each and every one of us to convict us, to empower us, to encourage us, to help us as we open up his word and we begin to read and all of a sudden we begin to understand. The natural man doesn't understand spiritual things, but those who are followers of Jesus, that we have his spirit dwelling in us. And as we read and as we begin to understand and comprehend and grow, his spirit is guiding us. When we trust his spirit and we fully submit ourselves and his spirit begins to, to guide us each and every day, the fruit of the spirit becomes evident in our lives that the spirit of God that lives in us is greater than he who is in the world. He who is in the world is the enemy, is Satan. He was saying, you know what? I desire for you to have nothing to do with him. And it's, it reminds us right here that are the spirits that are in the world, the spiritual forces, are they, are they powerful? Yeah. Are they strong? Yeah. Is Satan? Yeah. Prince of the power of the air. I mean, come on. But He who is in you is greater than. Hold on to that. Don't forget that. Don't miss that. Because it's not just a matter of, hey, I checked a little box and I got my fire insurance. Woo! Pray a little prayer, I'm going to heaven. Woo! Now I get to live how I wanna live, right? I get to do whatever I wanna do because I, I, I got it. No, no, he's saying this is it. No, 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 we don't live that way. In fact, when the spirit lives within each of us, convicts us of sin in our lives, helps us to begin to understand how we need to take steps each and every day, asks us to and commands us to do things that we need to be obedient to and that we step forward and we do that. And he's saying the spirit that is in you is greater than he who is in the world as a reminder to say that they listen to the world, which just as a reminder, the world isn't a place. It's not like we walk out of these walls and these doors and we're in the world. The world is a worldview, the world is a philosophy that says, I don't need Jesus. I can make it on my own. The world says you make enough money, you're good. The world says this, you get a successful family, you're good. The world says this, you get position and status in life, that you're good. The world says that if I'm good enough, then I can actually maybe get a chance and God's gonna have me on this eternal scale and maybe I'll have an opportunity. And guess what? No, that is not the case. That is, a, that is the world that says you can do it. But Jesus says, I'm greater than. And only through me can you have this relationship. And John did not want the church he's writing to or us today to miss that. And he continues on. They are from the world. Therefore, they speak from the world and the world listens to them. We're from God and whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And he's reminding them, whoever knows God listens to us, that, that it's, in, it's in here. The letter that he wrote said, you listen to me. He's saying I'm an apostle. I'm speaking on God's behalf to let you know. Listen, listen to me. Then you'll know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. You wanna know how to discern? Yes, it's, it, this is the way. Have you ever um, Gone into a store. Um, Happened recently. I walked into a store. By the way, anybody still pay with cash in the room? Old school. Yeah, I don't even know. There's cryptocurrency and stuff that I don't even fully understand how you can even buy things with. But this is called money. For the younger generation, it's called cash. Two $1 bills. Yes, sir. So I walked into a store and... uh, I um the guy did one of these and I gave him some cash. I was like You trying to see? as like George make a little funny face or something if he did I couldn't figure out what he was doing and, and but you know he's looking for a watermark to help you determine the cash that was there. I don't even remember what dollar bill I gave him, but he was looking at that, trying to determine, is it real, is it not? They, they kind of gave him that. You know, I'm sure that the teller, you had teller school where they gave it to him and they said, hey, if you look at the watermark, that'll tell you if it's real or not. Don't accept if it's not, yada, yada. That's, that's to determine, is it fake or is it not, right? Is it, is it counterfeit or is it not? And so, um, uh, but if you, if you ask someone who works for the treasury department and they, they're studying counterfeit money, that somebody will figure out a watermark. Somebody will figure out any of that. Somebody can make something appear counterfeit. But they say, you know, you don't look at the actual counterfeit. You don't study the counterfeit. You don't understand the counterfeit. They say, study the real thing. And when you study the real thing and you know how it feels and you look at the lines and you study it in depth, maybe you know how it smells but you know the real thing. And when you touch a counterfeit, you know. When you look at it, you know. And see what he's, what he's reminding us there is that John's saying, hey, you wanna know the spirit of truth and error? He's saying, you know, study, look into the gospels, read, read Jesus. And for us today, it's that we've been blessed with this this. this truth that has been given to us, his word. And so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we can read his life and, and to read countless times where he says that, you know, that we, we understand and we read about his humanity. How can we deny that, right? So he's saying, this is where the truth is found. Don't, don't li- listen to those outside. You wanna know the truth? Find it out in here. You wanna discover kind of what's out there and what's counterfeit? Study what's in here, That understand it. And what he's saying is that understand the counterfeit you know a counterfeit because, by studying the real thing. <clears throat> so we study, the, we study the real thing. We understand the real thing. We look in depth inside the real thing. We understand what it means to know him. We understand, we spend time with him. And then we begin to understand when something doesn't sound right. Somebody's saying, hey, uh, you know, that Jesus is just one of those other prophets, right? Jesus is kind of like a way. Well, he says he's the way. So there's something, no. And we begin to realize as we look at it and say, no, 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 there's something that doesn't seem right here. But what John is not, is not warning about is when we have just differences of opinions. This is really important. We, we live in a day and age where our world is canceling each other. And there's pe- there are people that, that, that they look at a counterfeit and they wanna pull up the real thing and they wanna say, because that real thing has a little bit of a, I'm not gonna tear it, huh, a little tear off the corner. Or maybe it's a little dirty and grimy. Maybe it's a little crumpled up. Maybe, maybe there's just a little bit of a, of a of misunderstanding on some things. And, 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 and what we do is, we toss them aside. False prophet, heretic. You don't believe like I do, boom, that's you. And as a church, man, we should be more unifying. We should be coming together. We should be saying that that this is so true, that we should be majoring on the majors and minoring on the minors, that the majors, you wanna know what our majors are? Go to base camp, you're gonna hear about them. We talk about essentials, non-essentials. Essentials Essentials say, this is what we hold to. This is the gospel. When you understand what John is saying, that's why I promise you during that time, there were differences of opinion on on some things taking place in that church at that time. And, And what John is saying is, hey, 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 what I'm saying is don't miss out on the major major issue here the major issues you're going to miss jesus if you miss this that was the major issue man there's so many minor issues that we just allow we just allow people i mean that denomination does this way you're about that little church that guy preaches this way this and that and we and we start listening to other people and their voices and listen to other bloggers theologians this and that instead of looking at the word of god and saying god what do you how do you want us to live because john reminds right before this and right after to love one another as the body we still love one another and we can agree to disagree and we can have some minor issues that are going, these are, these are peripheral because I promise you this, there's gonna come a time that we're gonna stand before the Lord and we're gonna stand before him in heaven and he's gonna to look to us and be like, "You didn't quite get that one right, did you? I know he will for me because even though I'm discover, trying to discover each and every day more and more about who he is and what, he, what his plan is for my life, there's things that I'm still discovering each and every day and certain things I look at now that I'm going, oh, 10 years ago, ah, I thought I had it and I didn't quite have it but the gospel of Jesus coming to give his life for us so that we can have eternal life with him. We can never miss that. That's the core essence of the truth of what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. I loved Jesus when he was with his disciples here on the earth. He was always asking them questions, right? I love the fact he asked a lot of questions. He would teach them and then many times he would share parables and they're going, why are you teaching these parables? Well, they don't understand these things and I have to, have to help them to understand. So, but he, but he asked so many questions and he would ask them questions about who he is. What do people, what do people say? And, and why don't you? And so he, he would ask these questions and, and there's one time where he says this, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? Interesting statement, son of man. Not son of God right there, he says son of man. And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and so others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you? Turns it on them. What do people say, what do people say about the, who, who the son of man is? His humanity, who he is, and they recognize, and they say, and some people say that you are one of the prophets that has come back. They begin to recognize a, a great man, a great person, and that is kind of, people are thinking, maybe that's who you are. But what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter, the Simon Peter that denies him three times, the the Simon Peter that steps out on the water but sinks because he takes his eyes off him, the Simon Peter that fell a lot that many of us probably would have canceled. This Simon Peter said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. In that moment, He recognizes and he sees in this passage, we see Jesus, a man, Jesus, God, the son of man, the son of God who has come to give us life. And when you really stop and think about the truth, the message of Christianity, it seems too good to be true. Because I don't know about you, but... It, I, I feel like I, I would sometimes be like, can I not cannot, cannot do anything to earn this? So many people are thinking, I've got to behave. I've got to do something to earn this. I've got to deserve it. I've got to you know, get, kind of weigh my scales versus other people's eternal scales of who God is and what, when, we, when we see him face to face, what is all this about? But the message of Christianity is that the son of God left heaven to come to earth, born in a nasty stable grew up as not an earthly king, not through royalty, not through the religious right. He grew up son of a carpenter who followed him and he was a carpenter. And he went to, to disciples, fishermen, tax collectors. As I mentioned earlier, the undesirables and, and called them to him and said, come follow me. And they followed him and they preached his message and they begin to discover and follow him and fall down and, and he picks them back up. And all along the way, he's teaching them and he's saying, watch me, you're gonna see the father. You wanna understand who the father is? You're gonna see it in my life. And so he taught, he healed, he healed those who need to be healed. He touched those who nobody else would touch. He spoke to those who everyone cast aside and he looked to all of them at the end and he said, I give my life for you. Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing because we don't. They didn't, but he gave his life anyway. And he bled and he died. And three days later, he came back from the dead to defeat death so you and I can have life. And that life is offered for each and every one of us. And if you've chosen to follow Jesus, that's something we can never ever forget. And we should be reminded of that daily. Every day when we wake up, the breath that we have, the life that we have, we should be complete in awe and in honor of him because of what he has given to us. If you've not trusted him, I wanna give you an opportunity to today because it will change your life. Get ready, radically change your life, but so much for the better. The joy, the hope that you're looking for in your life, you can't find it any other place than with him. And the question that he asked right there is this, the final question. It's a question I wanna ask you. Who do you say that I am? It's a question he would ask you. Who do you say that I am? Is he your Savior? Is he your Lord? Is he just some foreign guy that you're trying to figure out all about? Is he, is he maybe some, you know what, I just kind of put him in a category of a good teacher? Because all of those things outside of the category of saying Jesus is the Son of God, Son of Man, the way, truth and the life that is where you will find life let's pray together father we um are truly in awe of of this message this message that that john was so passionate about protecting that we cannot have this relationship with you, that the, the gospel, that the essence of the gospel, the truth behind the gospel of understanding the good news that we cannot make it on our own and there's a savior who's given his life for us. That is, um, it actually it floors me when I think about it. It truly just, just makes us humbled to say, we've done truly nothing. We haven't deserved any of it. And when we continually are elevating ourselves and puffing up ourselves and making ourselves look like, oh, we've got it all together that, whew, we truly are missing that story of how it's changed us. So we thank you for that. And if you're in the room right now and and you would say, I think that's something I want to do, that you feel, feel convicted, maybe you've realized, and maybe you've been in church your whole life, maybe you just came into the first time. It doesn't matter that we're all the same at the foot of the cross. And so today, if you were to say, hey, I didn't know that there was a God who loved me like that and I want to give my life to him, you can right now. I just wanna lead you in a simple prayer, which the simple prayer is nothing magical. The simple prayer is just saying, God, I, I come to you right now and I, and I surrender my life to you and I believe that you died for me. And just say these simple words, say, dear Jesus, just confess to him, say, I'm a sinner. Sinner means that we, he has a, he has a, we have gone our own way and, and have done things that are, that are not um, in his plan. So when you say I'm a sinner, you're just saying, God, I've, I've done things that I want instead of what you want. So I'm a sinner, but I confess that sin. I turn from that sin. And I believe that you died for my sin so that I can have a relationship with you. So I trust you give you my life. I want to serve you for the rest of my life. If that is you, we encourage you to speak with someone. Find someone to care in prayer. And God, we just thank you so much for this, this opportunity you've given us today. We thank you for your love for us. I thank you for those who made a decision to trust you. I pray you'll give them the courage to drop by, to speak with someone. Find me. Find someone in the care and prayer room to the courage to say that I want to follow Jesus now. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen thank you for listening to this sermon from foothills church if you made a decision to follow christ while listening today or if you have some more questions about what that looks like then let us know you can text sc decision to 97000 or you can head over to foothillschurch.com slash decision we hope you have a great week